Welcome everyone, you are listening to and perhaps watching Not Sauce for Work. I'm your host, Pease Delores. It is Super Bowl week, we have a ton of stuff planned. We have a triple interview feature because since it's Super Bowl week, we're, we are, you know, we're old school guys, we're like old school radio guys, myself and Terry. We want to outsource as much of the work as possible uh, because we have the excuse to do so with the Super Bowl. Uh, Terry, how's it going, bud? Uh, it's going great. I'm wearing a sweater that is 18 years old. Nice. Yeah. 18 you can, years you can old. You actually now have sex with that sweater legally. Yeah. I mean. So congrats. It's funny because when I got the sweater, I probably had sex with it a lot. I know, but like you know, we can't really talk about those old days. You know, we'll talk about those days vaguely. But now you can you can have sex with your sweater loud and proud. Loud and proud. Um, Eagles uh, here as well. Eagle has been working all week again. Terry and I trying to take it easy, trying to have this uh, done as easy as possible. Eagle, how are we at getting our contributors to give us Super Bowl analysis so Terry and I can sit on our ass? Uh, it's coming, question mark? I mean, okay, so to but kind of pull the curtain. Already, yeah, so. but to pull the curtain from behind the scenes for our audience here, we're really bad at deadlines. So I asked yeah. everyone a couple weeks ago to kind of give me a breakdown of who they think is going to win the, the Super Bowl and everything. And no one has sent anything in yet. So I've been hounding them all day and I just reminded them again. So I'm going to keep trying them throughout the show. And if I get stuff, I mean, we guess we can use it. So that's the thing where you have a, a space like and we, we like built this completely backwards. We started with content and then started to build infrastructure. So we are basically a company that has a lot of artists and not a lot of business people, Eagle being the business guy. But I still blame you, Eagle, because your job is to produce. It sounds like you failed to produce the content. It's not that I failed to produce it. It's that it's actively in production. <laughs> All right. Well, so we'll see. We'll see how Eagle's able to figure that out throughout the show. We got a lot of stuff going at uh, www.hotsauce.ca. Uh, Will Powers got his Super Bowl preview out. A surprisingly non-Miami-related article. Uh, <laughs> Matt McKenzie wrote on his AEW Dynamite preview. Uh, Matt and I actually were on the Joe Fo- uh, podcast promoting Hot Sauce Sports, talking about what we do with those guys. Uh, I think we're gonna have some cool stuff. Uh, with them in the future. Uh, Terry, you've been on their show as well. They're, they're really good guys. I uh, haven't had the chance to be on the show, actually. We, oh, keep on, we kind of keep on missing each other, and like he was supposed to come on ours, and then we're supposed to go on his, and then it just like it didn't work. So, But we've always been messaging, hey, you want to come on? It's like, yeah, what time are you doing? Oh, we can't do it today. Like, like It's just one of those things, you know? So uh, It's always kind of last minute, but yeah, they're great guys that we've been following forever. Even the Jofo, uh, the original Jofo podcast, like the, the, the those two comedians, there, the, the, the one DJ and the comedian, they're really funny. And yeah. Akeem, Akeem, who's a friend of our show, is also a friend of their shows, and that's how we got connected with them. And um, great guys, man. Honestly, I love. I watch their stuff. They're the only way I keep up with wrestling, for real. I used to watch. Yeah, it, I, I now should, I don't I keep up anymore. Listen to his episode in advance because I was lost. I don't know much about wrestling, um, but it, it was. The, they're just cool guys to talk to. It was still fun to drop in either way. Uh, Dave Bruno's got his 2026 article. Well, his article about the 2026 World Cup home. Spence Plamondon has his piece regarding Tony D'Angelo, and, and we'll get into some new stuff later. But I, I was curious about uh, this, Terry. What were your thoughts on what happened with Tony D'Angelo? Because I, I think we're going to have opinions that are different from what the audience might expect here. Let's let's do it quickly though, because we have a lot of stuff on today's show. I think that the video that's I don't if you read Spencer's article, Spencer's article is great. It's very in detail and stuff like that. And 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 what he says is that it's basically the truth. Is that 
it's what it's what sorry what his father says in an interview seven years ago when he got drafted is is basically how he was raised to like not really be sensitive to a to a to a social issue like this or not really be open to 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 talking about these things and not saying racial slurs because you're used to saying it in the village that you're from or the area that you're from because it's predominantly white or whatever the case may be so i think tony d'angelo just doesn't see anything wrong with what he's doing and to spence's point in the article and i and i messaged him on the side and what we spoke about it is that he, yeah it just it's pretty shitty that there's a human out there that can see this and apologize for being penalized and not necessarily apologize for the act itself. Like he's like, I'm sorry I got in trouble. I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry. But like you're not sorry for the act and how you made that person feel. Keandre Miller, I mean, young kid, finally getting a goal in the NHL. And then he has some like a veteran, like a seven-year vet kind of bullying him around. And then quiet Shesterkin, the goalie, just knocks him out. Like it's just it's you are the bad egg. We're going to throw the bag, bad egg out the window. That's pretty much what it is. So, I got hit with something which I found surprising. Um, someone who knows my stance on a lot of these issues, um, who we will definitely not be employing, but I'll get to that later. Um, he, uh, he, said, he messaged me as soon as it happened, and he said, so what do you think about this? And, and without even letting me answer, says, hey, what do you think about this? You know, uh, because uh, let me guess, if it was Colin Kaepernick, it'd be fine. I said, well, first of all, there's two separate situations. Who said Do this? I think anybody should be should lose their rights to earn in a chosen field where they're good enough to work in that field um, based on their politics? No. Do I think that they're different in that this guy is generally hated and now his play is no longer uh, uh, at a point where even his teammates and, and the, the, the structure around him in a sport that typically doesn't care about this stuff, um, really, really penalized him in a way that we haven't seen before. No, I don't think it's the same situation. I okay. hope Tony D'Angelo can see what he's done wrong. And, and I do hope for him as a person that he will get another opportunity, provided that he realizes it's not okay to hurt people just because it's, quote, unquote, the South Philly way, because that's a whole <laughs> bunch of bullshit. That's the thing. It's like saying it's like it's it's the whole uh, Louis C.K. has a bit. Well, he was he was raised on a farm. Okay, but like, what is it like? The farms are are the animals racist over there? Like, oh, he's raised <laughs> on a farm. It's like it's normal. It's okay. It's it's him. He's raised on a farm. Is it like the cows going blacks? Is he saying that or is like Jews? Is he is you know is is the cow racist? No, but it's, just just imagine the, the people, opposite the where like. Make, uh, a, a black athlete or something is pulled over for I don't know drugs or whatever it happens to be, and he goes, "Yeah, but he was raised in the ghetto, so yeah, yeah." It's it's, like, oh, um... he, his circumstances dictated his his. Listen, actions actions dictate the way uh, your circumstances. I mean, circumstances dictate your actions. I can understand that to a certain extent. Not always, right? Everybody, yeah, there's a lot I, more, I, a lot more people come out of bad situations than live in them. I will. Say. I wanted to see what a lot of our hockey hockey experts would say because you know, like Spence. Spence and the guys from Healthy Scratch, they know a lot more about hockey than we do, um, and specifically me. So, like, I want to see, like, from a performance aspect, what other people He's thought. a good player. He's a good he player. Like he's a first-round player. Who's not, who's not perfect, who's got his flaws, and his production didn't measure up to sort of, like, they didn't see it as worth the headache, quote-unquote. He was a Trump's – he's a Trump supporter, and 
he shouldn't lose his job for supporting Trump. But, but I don't that's, think that's the case. I think no, no, that's not the case. They were they were looking to move him at the end of last season, anyways, and they basically signed him because nobody else wanted him. So I said, okay, fine. And this year they said, you know what? Fuck it. So he's not yeah. he's he's a Trump supporter, and that's not the case this time. I know, but he's a Trump supporter, and last year he was all over Twitter saying this, this, and this, and this, which is fine. It's your right; you can do whatever you want. And the team didn't really obviously the team was like concerned with the 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 negative publicity that they're getting, but they're not going to cut somebody because he has political beliefs. He's not saying anything bad, but when it, that that political belief or whatever you however you're raised starts affecting other people on the team, then that's where you fall in, and that's where you're like, you know what? Fuck this guy. We don't need him anymore. The uh, Terry, what but, do you, but he's going to play in the NHL for another ten years. I'm telling you this. Yeah, he probably will. He probably will. Which again, like, like as long as he can produce, and hopefully, if he can act like a better person, just like just at least more professional as a person, I don't have any issue with a dude earning. Uh, I never want to take money out of other people's hands. That's my own. Uh, that that's that's sort of the my guiding principle. Terry, um, you have uh, an article coming out, and you have uh, weekly sauce coming out as well. So, what's uh, what's going on in your world? Uh, Weekly Sauce tonight, uh, Alex and I are recording with uh, David Bruno, actually. So we're going to be talking oh, some cool. EPL. Uh, we'll, be, we'll, we'll be recording right after this. Um, and next week, we've got Ben Cahoon coming on. So that's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. That's um, a bunch of Alouettes we've had in a row. We had Jean, Jean-Samuel Blanc, who's currently with the Alouettes. Uh, you and I had David Sanchez uh, that, yeah. the day after. We have John Bowman on tonight. And then next week, we have Ben Cahoon. Calvillo said he's ready to come on. So we're just trying to book a time for that. And fuck, we're... Uh, we're making moves, boys. Yeah, it's a, it, it always feels like, you know, you open a door and then, like, it's just easy to get access. Like, like the TSN door open for us and we get a lot of dudes. And then, you know, the yeah. Alouette door. So, like, it's kind of cool. It helps us grow our network. We're super happy and super thankful for anyone who gives us their time. We got some big interviews today. We got John Bowman on today. We have Johnny Lorelli, who uh, he wrote a song that went viral about the Quebec curfew. And as much as we're not um, – you know, a Montreal or Quebec podcast. We are a podcast from Montreal and from Quebec, and we are very proud of our roots. So whenever stuff like that happens, we do like to talk to our local guests as well, as well as another local guy, Tommy, uh, Tommy Rodley Trojados, uh, Sherbrooke Safety. We're going to talk to him about uh, his career, where it's at, and the next steps for him. Uh, and we're going to talk Super Bowl with all these people too, because it is the Super Bowl show. Uh, guys, it's going to be a weird Super Bowl because we're, we're in lockdown, we're in quarantine, uh, all of us have our parties we go to on a yearly basis. I yeah, your to house. Parties. Yeah, exactly. So like, I get invited every year to your house, and I don't go. Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, the thing is, I never judge that because some people have, you know, like Terry, you've had a party you've gone to for a long, long time. Yeah. Like everyone mm-hmm. sort of has their plans, literally set in stone for years out in advance. Um, what does quarantine football, like Super Bowl, mean for you guys? Like, for me, it's just going to be like where I normally prepare a giant spread and have all this stuff. It's going to be my wife and I way too much beer and takeout. I think honestly I think that's going to be the same thing for me. I think we're going to, you know, save the cheat meal for that day maybe. You know, I haven't yeah. I haven't spoken about it with the, with the lady yet, so we'll see, but I think that's what I'm aiming for, you know, just like a 6 o'clock cheat meal, end it early, don't go past 10 o'clock, you know, that whole thing. Uh, avoid a poutine at all costs cuz I'm trying to cut those out. I ate too many last year and uh, you know, you so it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a tame, it's going to be a tame Super Bowl year for me. But I will I, beers will be on tap, that's for sure. 
think yeah, I'm going to do sure. some nuggets and wings, have some Mike's barbecue sauce available to me. I have the ghost pepper uh, bourbon one, which I got to go through. So that should be a pretty wonderful. Maybe order a pizza. Um, the one thing I'm definitely going to miss out on is for some reason that's unexplainable, either Pease or his wife will get food poisoning and then have to run upstairs and be sick and never see them again for the rest of the night. So I'm not seeing them yeah. anyways. I guess it's halfway there. We talked about that eggs. So like two years ago, my wife got gastro and then gave it to me. My gastro actually started. It was one of our first episodes. I had to take an Uber home and I was dying the whole car ride. Um, it, but the year after, we got we both got really sick right around the time of the Super Bowl. My wife on the day of and me a couple of days later again. And we actually thought like we looked back and said, hey, like there's a chance that actually was coronavirus. And we just caught it sort of like in that early area where – no one was really talking about it, right? Like, we didn't know. We just got a flu, and there was no test back then or anything. So, uh, you know, we, we don't know. We have no way of knowing that. Uh, but, yeah, it will be a different different year for, for sure. Uh, guys, we got a ton of stuff on tap, so let's get to it. It's time for the news. Ah, Terry's the news. <laughs> Lots of good stuff coming this week. We're going to get that on like a t-shirt or a sweater or something. Uh, oh, oh, guys, guys, wait, wait, wait. Before we start, I-, I got our first one that came in, okay? This one comes ah, from Mocon. This one's from Mocon, one of our uh, contributors, also on TSN 690. He's actually working tonight, so he just sent this in pretty quickly. Uh, let's just worst give it a listen. Of all time. I got the bucks. And there we go. Expert analysis from Mo Khan. You know what? That's that's very it's it's tame for what Mo how you, Mo usually tweets. Mo will probably say usually say something like, uh, "I got the Bucks because of the jersey color they're wearing or whatever." So you know, it's uh, I like the analysis. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Eagle. Thanks for uh, interrupting all us. Analysis. As they come in, I'll let you know. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks. Um so it's Super Bowl week, uh, as we just talked about. Uh, Terry, any any bets you have going? I have. I'm, I'm going to have a, about twelve um, daily fantasy lineups going that day, um, just to you know get some extra action on the game. Um, I spent the bulk of my gambling money on Nokia last week, so I'm curious as to what what bets are calling your name for the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm looking at the MVP odds, and I like uh, I like Tyree Kill's options here, but because Mahomes isn't paying off, it's like the only one at minus, so I'm not going to touch that. Yeah. Uh, the coin toss, the Gatorade color, like I always like I like playing all those like those ba- like all the basic prop bets. I'll play I'll put like five bucks on each of them, you know, and it's, and and that's just I'll just say fuck it for the day and see what happens. I'll always go like with a good odd, like where I can make my money back, all my money back on that one bet, you know. You never yeah, know. I'm, doing, I'm doing the daily fantasy thing and waiting to see the fallout of coronavirus to see. Uh, and this is the grossest part about all of this, by the way. It's just like waiting to see if there's players at a value or not to pay for players because they won't be available for games <laughs> is the worst part of this football season for me. It's been the constant reminder. But I'm doing it anyway because gambling. Um, the, uh, the game itself, uh, and we'll give our picks uh, later on as, we, as we're setting up the show. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking at this game, and to me, the the... the, the uh, you know, the, the, the Chiefs just seem to have all the advantages. But, of course, the other side of it is Tom Brady and, and Gronk. And, I, and there was a story about Gronk that came out. 
he allegedly uh, was supposed to send workout videos to Arians on a daily basis. And instead of sending them on a daily basis, he just bought a bunch of different T-shirts and changed out of them and recorded sprints all in one session. And then just like would send them out on a daily basis to Arians. And I was curious to just get your thoughts on what you thought about that, Terry. I think it's the ultimate, like, I'm going to work hard for one day and then just work 50% hard for the for the yeah. rest of the time until I have to actually work hard. It's the ultimate coming out of retirement thing, though. Like, what, how, yeah. name one thing that's, like, more coming out of retirement than that. It's like coming out of retirement, it's like I want to do it, but I don't want, I've been enjoying myself. So, like, let me work hard one day. I know I can get you one day, and I'll do it, and you take it, and if I get in shit, I get in shit. And, that's like, so... It, it's it, the the only thing that's more retirement is showing up like with your fisherman's hat to work or like with your like entire golf ensemble like yeah all the shorts the golf you know the the high socks if you do that that's more retirement uh, but I thought of it from the Bruce Arians part of it I thought like I just figured Bruce Arians was getting these things and was like I'm not checking this I'm fucking busy like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not checking to see if Gronk did his homework like which I guarantee you didn't even send it to Bruce Arians you probably he probably sent it to he probably sent it to one of the coordinators, Bruce Arians, like, yeah, just give me a check mark. If it's done, it's done. Like, I don't care. Because the, the thing about a guy like Gronk is that first of all, he just took a year off. So he's probably recovered from a bunch of injuries. So they know he's healthy, okay? Now they're gonna be like, whatever shape he's gonna be in is gonna be in camp. It's not gonna be from before that. So they know he's gonna be a big part of the offense. They're not gonna be like, Oh, you're not in shape, Gronk, so you're not gonna play. It's just it's not gonna happen. It's like doing the same thing with Tom Brady. If Tom Brady wasn't in shape, they'd still be he would still be the starter. Yeah, like he, you know, like those those trades were like pending the physical. Those are guys where they're so good, you don't care about the result of the physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah pending physical. Like yeah, pending physical, my ass. <laughs> um, some other stuff came out though. Uh, so, so the positive COVID test, it turns out it's related to uh, the barber um, who was cutting some of the players' hair. And then reading the article about it, they were saying that the greatest risk to players often isn't their families and because and they themselves are, are trying to be careful and a lot of the schooling is done online for, for their kids and stuff like that. Uh, but it's, it's having people who work with the public come in to an otherwise fairly sterile environment like the Barber guys who are not employees of the team but who are like uh, daily workers for the team. Yeah. I mean – Who's to say that maybe Mahomes gave him the COVID? Yeah. Who's well, to say one of these like, guys didn't go to a strip club with James Harden and they got the COVID? Also possible. Also possible. But, like, why are you getting your hair cut for the Super Like, just why take a chance? Just sort of sit it out. Like, your hair's going to look goofy for a couple of days. Who cares? Like, Pat Mahomes, I know you got that head and shoulders thing going. It's all right. You're going to have a helmet on anyway. So like, get your hair. Uh, you cut gotta, you gotta look fresh for Super Bowl day. What are you talking about? Do you have all the media presence and everything? You want to walk out in the field. You want to feel good about yourself. You don't want to have that little stray hair. Also, I'm interrupting you because we got more uh, insight coming in from Dave Delarocca, our graphic designer. This one I think has a little bit more analysis because it's 40 seconds long. So let's see what this one sounds like. 40 seconds. That's not bad. Either. All right. So I, I had a dream that Rob Gronkowski was the president of the United States, and I was his bodyguard. If you can ever imagine that. And the White House was under attack, uh, and uh, I remember Rob um, getting down on Danica Patrick during this uh, this situation, you know. Uh, so 
if I had to pick First a team, I'd probably go with Bucks. Um, but I will say that there was a moment in the dream where Rob Gronkowski was saying that uh, it's not like it used to be. So maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it's up to you guys to figure out. All right. I don't know. That sounds very plausible. The only Did part of that doesn't pick? sound plausible is the Duke being the bodyguard, but everything else seems pretty standard to me. Did he standard give us a pick in that? Yeah, he said, I, th- I think the Bucks, but Gronk said, uh, things aren't like they used to be. So maybe I'm wrong. That was his analysis. <laughs> so that was NFL blitzed with Duke. Um, yeah, pretty much. The other thing is Duke only dreams sexually. He's never told me about a dream where he's like, and I dropped my phone down the sewer. Well, nobody nobody talks about dreams that aren't sexual, no. Oh, but I, like, so Duke Duke's my brother, and and yeah. when we were growing up, um, he would like literally tell me about his dream every morning, oh, and nice. every morning it was sexual, and usually he was an animal, so he was like a lion having sex with a turtle. He would remember his dreams. Yeah, like almost a daily basis. See, so. I I have dreams where I remember remembering them, and then I'm forgetting them as I'm remembering them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a typical thing. Yeah. It's fucked that's, up, uh, no? That's, that's your brain protecting you because you probably dreamt some scre- some crazy shit. Probably. Yeah. I got a it, fucking vivid memory. I will say that. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, the, 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 the barber the barber causing some some concern. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if the barber is what decides the Super Bowl. Uh, guys, football has been in the news, and this is somewhat more of a serious topic. Um Two, two stories kind of came up. One came broke last week as we were preparing for the show. We didn't, we didn't really talk about, uh, about it because we were sort of waiting for the details. And our show is a midweek show, which is awkward for a lot of reasons. And that's one of them is we kind of tend to tell the stories either before or after they happen. Uh, but Chad Wheeler, uh, barely even an NFL player. He played 66 snaps this year. He uh, he beat his girlfriend within an inch of her life twice. Uh, the grossest part of the story for me, Terry, um, I don't know if you saw this, was after the second time when she came to and dragging her bloody body to the uh, bathroom to, to sort of clean herself up, he looked up from his bowl of cereal and said, oh, you're not dead. Um, so Chad Wheeler is... Uh, He's saying he's innocent. Uh, at least that's what the, with the, uh, you know, his. Oh, his he's, saying he's, not, he's saying he's not guilty. Right? He's, sorry, yeah, that's it. He's not saying he's innocent. His plea is not guilty. Uh, Eagle and I, of course, speculated because uh, of his bipolar disorder. His legal team might be trying to build a defense of uh, guilty by, you know, plead down eventually to guilty by reasons of, of insanity or temporary insanity. Uh, the thing is, is that being bipolar is not an excuse for what happened. It may or may not be part of the reasons that it happened. Whatever punishments he will get, he absolutely deserves. But I think similar to the story we talked about in, in, in hockey for different reasons, obviously with Tony D'Angelo, but there are things culturally that need to change. Um, these guys work in a violent industry and Look, we know a lot of them, Terry. We, you know, Marco Briette's the nicest dude in the world. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. Uh, you're raised sort of to be a prize fighter. And a lot of times, the violence comes out in times where it's uh, least appropriate. And 
uh, it's awful to see. It's awful to see. And I think uh, the NFL and, and leagues that largely sort of, you know, they do absolutely profit on the violence. It's part of why we watch. They need to invest, I think, in the mental health of their athletes to try and prevent those closest to them from getting hurt, which absolutely. is what I do. Absolutely. I think it's, it's, you know, it's sad if we get to this point and we don't want to, I mean, as much as we want to like um, vilify this guy and, you know, I don't want to give him a name or whatever it is because what he did was pretty disgusting. But at the end of the day, it's you get to a point where what what's going on with him to why he did this. She needs to get away. Obviously, he needs to he, the punishment needs to fit the crime. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. within that punishment, there needs to be some help there. And I think that we're not going anywhere as a society if that doesn't get fixed. And I think it happens It happens a lot more than we hear. And it's only because he's a professional football player that we heard it. But you can. it's probably happening on the street you're living on right now. And that's what we have oh, to realize. Oh, for sure. And I, and I think that um, I think that's the one way that these leagues can lead. Um, instead of having, you know, you know, like, I'm not saying he should be left a hook because of his situation. I'm saying... Um, we need to look at treatment uh, in advance, not after these things happen, because um, what happened is awful and we need to prevent it from happening. It needs to be open. So if somebody feels that they're going to do something like this, that they need to be able to have an avenue to go talk about it before it happens. Speaking Absolutely. of open, Martellus Bennett went to Twitter. But before we get to that, we also have John Factually's uh, prediction for oh, yeah. Super Let's Straight listen in. The Kansas City Chiefs go back to back in overtime. OT. Fuck. OT. OT. That's a big call from Johnny Factually. Too bad Johnny Factually is Johnny Wrongly. Because it's not. <laughs> yeah, he's always wrong. Why do we even <laughs> call him John Factually? He's clearly always wrong. I feel like they don't really get the idea of when I said I wanted their pick and analysis of the game. Because. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the most hot sauce sports thing ever. Is like everyone's super busy. Eagle, fuck off. Here's my pick. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah. You, Back you to Martellus Bennett. You mentioned Martellus Bennett. Um, he came out with a series of tweets. Of course, of course, the super aggro section of NFL fans, you know, were quick to to jump at a bunch of different things. But this is a guy talking about his personal experience and saying that hey. I'm not the only one who's had this experience. Some people have had great experiences, but other people, a lot of people have this other experience that nobody talks about. And this is how, uh, how it can affect and derail someone's life. Um, Terry, when you see that, you know, it, it, to me anyway, it speaks again about getting these people help on the front end, knowing that they're going to experience some difficult times in their lives uh, because of the nature of their employment. Um, what did you think when you, when you saw everything you saw? When I saw what with Martellus Bennett, what he wrote, I mean, what I, yeah. what I saw, I mean, the first thing that came, stuck out to me because I'm a douche is John Kidna is, and Tom Hanks, nicest guys in the world. You know, great, great, great comparison. Mm-hmm. Second, and then the rest of it kind of kicked in where the rest of it is like the, the part that stuck out to me the most is something that I've been saying for a long time. And I agree with is that these guys, they think that the players they are in the locker room with are their brothers, but they're only their brothers for. 20 weeks out of the year plus training camp or whatever it is. You know what I mean? They're not their brothers in the off season. They're not their brothers when they retire. They weren't their brothers before because they didn't know them, obviously. So they they have to realize that the outside world is your real world and football isn't necessarily your world. And if you want to ingrain yourself into that, then you're going to bring that outside. And this Wheeler guy who, you know, has all this anger, like you said, he's basically a prize fighter. He's keeping it. It just reminds me of, um, 
um, War Machine. I don't know if you know who War Machine is. He's a U- mm-hmm. he was a UFC fighter, and he yep. he he was dating a, a a porn star, Chrissy Lynn, and he beat her, uh, crazy. And uh, he's the type of guy where he just there's a whole documentary on him, and it just it's crazy to me how like he just couldn't turn it off. And that's the thing is you have to be able to turn it off, and that's what Martellus Bennett is pretty much saying in there. And yeah, I saw some of the comments, and some people are fucking stupid, man. So, like just saying like it, some of the comments that I read are so are so how do i say this like insensitive to what happened to the person yeah that's that's the thing is when i see that i i i want to tell those people so you're comfortable telling someone you exist only for my entertainment you know like it's i i I wouldn't be comfortable with that i think um i think people are short-sighted when it comes to that They, they literally think these are people that they think of as commodities and Maybe, Terry, because we do this and we speak to athletes and we've known athletes before this, we'll know athletes after this, uh, we know them as human beings, so maybe that's the difference. But um, I always find it weird to just associate these people as uh, as commodities, uh, and unfortunately that's the case. One such case of commodities, and we'll do this quickly because we do have to get to our first interview, um, Jared Goff, Matt Stafford traded. Uh, I saw this, and the first thing um, that struck me is I feel like the NBA-style trades of people making trades to clear cap room and that kind of stuff is starting to become more and more prevalent in other sports. We saw Nolan Arenado being traded along with $50 million just to get him off the books for the future for the Rockies. And we see here uh, Jared Goff moved with picks from Matt Stafford, but really the value there is getting rid of Jared Goff's, uh, you know, Jared Goff's contract because they were an absolute cap hell. And Matt Stafford gives them someone who's competent. Maybe, maybe you know, I would say the analytics say he's a touch better than Jared Goff. Um, the analytics might say that. I mean, I agree. I think Matt Stafford is better than Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is a, his success. All the success that he's had is a product of the system that he was in. Um, I think it's great for Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford is like the good guy in the league that we, we kind of wanted to. We always want to root for, but he's kind of stuck in Detroit where, you know, Detroit, like nobody's going to do well in Detroit. And, uh, they made Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson retire early. They're the only franchise I think that has that on their record. Uh, how bad? How bad? How bad are you? Um, you know, you're so bad that Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders, two of the best that they're at their positions, wanted to retire early. Um, yeah, I think it's a good move. I really do think it's a good move. My my favorite part about the entire story is about how Matt Stafford said, "You can trade me anywhere except New England," because he didn't want to see Matt Patricia again. How much does I'm just gonna say? How much does he hate Matt Patricia? Jesus, that must have been a terrible, terrible situation in Detroit. Um, imagine, imagine that you're you're in a situation where you're the guy. Okay, mm-hmm. they bring in a coach that had no success. He sucks so bad that he turned you off to the entire organization. It's like it's like <laughs> work, it's like working someplace, and you you've been there. You're like the star employee, right? You've yeah, been there. Yeah. You've been making the company tons of money. They bring in a new CEO, and the guy's a dick. He just shows up. He has this beard that he can barely keep tame. He has these oversized sweatshirts that make him look like a douche. He probably eats all the nuggets at the cafeteria. He just does everything to annoy people. Um, he's the guy, you know, last one in, first one out. I don't know if these are true of Matt Patricia, but I'm just trying to compare it to, like, an office scenario. Like, he, he's the guy who you catch reading all the employees' emails and then you confront him like, hey, you know you can't read our emails, right? 
And he'd be like, oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, that's that's what just, Dan I'm Campbell just off Stacey didn't invite me to the barbecue. Dan Campbell's the type of guy that, like, goes to the mailroom and waits for the emails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before before uh, we get to our last thing, I got our last analysis for the Super Bowl here. So okay. this is from Alex the Intern. Let's see what he has to say. Yo, 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 it's your boy fucking Alex the Intern here. Yeah, I already know. All right, turn it off. Turn um, it off. I think. All right, all right, let's wrap it. <laughs> Oh, so let's get to let's get to the interview with uh, John Bowman. John Bowman, uh, basically, whether or not he's a CFL Hall of Famer, he is a Hall of Fame Montrealer. Just a great dude. Has had a great year, and he's played. Has he played his entire career, his entire CFL career in Montreal? Has he not? Yeah, well, yeah, CFL career in Montreal, but he played it for like some semi-pro. But I want to hear Alex's. I want to hear Alex's take. We have. Yeah, I know. I know. We're just. We're just the Kansas City Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. But it's going to be about razor thin margins. I think it's going to be by either three points or seven points. But it should be a really good game. So he's taking the Chiefs. Razor thin, seven points. Razor thin. Razor thin. It's the thinnest of of, of seven point. Covering razor. the spread is razor thin. Well, it depends because it, like if it's like a thirty point razor, oh, that's true. like you know it's not true, even. It could be like one of those razors where it has like, like twenty. Like a edges straight blade on one, yeah. 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 All right. So I, like I a mock, mock three, you know. Mach three uh, or Schick five uh, ratio. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to our interview. It's John Bowman. He joins us next. Welcome back. We are joined by John Bowman, uh, Alouette superstar. He is a nine-time uh, nine-time Pro Bowler. He's a two-time uh, Great Great Cup winner. Uh, of course, he joins us. Uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about the goal initiative as well. But we want to talk to him about his career to start. Uh, John, we're Montrealers. Uh, we are incredibly uh, proud to be able to talk to you today. We're incredibly happy to have you on the show. How's it going, bud? Uh, hey, how you going? Uh, I'm good. Um, everything's well. Just enjoying the snowstorm we had yesterday. Um, I'm glad to be on here. I appreciate it. We appreciate you coming on, John. I mean, you know, I mean, growing up, growing up, you're probably close to my age, but we... He's almost exactly my age there. <laughs> yeah, he's, I'm 34. So I mean, watch, watching you play. I've you know been what playing for so long. Did you, you only played in Montreal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been 14 years. 14 years. And uh, this season was supposed to be your last season. I know you kind of semi-retired a couple years ago. <laughs> I don't think I, everybody gets this. I've never said I was going to retire. I always left a little wiggle room uh, for possibilities. But yeah, that was the last year. My contract was supposed to be. It was last year. So what's up for this year? Is this going to be your last year? I mean, obviously the season's not happening. Are you guys? Are you going to come back for next year? No, no. I'm, I'm probably. I'm. I'm done. Like I, I won't be back with the Alouette. I probably won't be back at all. But uh, my time in CFL is is, is is done. What's next for you, coaching? Radio. <laughs> I don't want to take you guys' job. Um, no, yeah, probably. We'll bring you on, John. We'll bring you on to Hot Top Sports. <laughs> we'll get. We'll give you and Marco your own podcast. Uh, Marco's a great talk. Oh, he's a good, uh, one of the best. Some reach out to me about coaching, and and we'll see how that goes. And uh, but I, 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 I do want to take a summer, pandemic free, and and enjoy Montreal for a bit. Montreal's a beautiful city, that's for sure. Yeah, I've never so got John, to enjoy some. I've always been working. 
John, we need to, we need to get that corrected uh, on Wikipedia. You know, they they're out there propagating that you retired in 2018, um, but it's true because I I tried to like back check it and I couldn't find a single article that said that you retired or where you said you retired. It's nowhere on your Twitter. It's nowhere in the news. Like I literally couldn't find anything on it. So thank you for actually setting the record straight. We we were kind of curious. About it. <laughs> yeah, um, no so problem. John, so John, you you've been a pro athlete for for uh, quite some time. And um, the, the situation arose this, uh, this week with uh, LeBron James and a fan being dubbed courtside Karen. Um, I've always had the belief that just because you paid for a ticket, it doesn't allow you to be – you're not paying for the right to be an asshole on, um, on, on the, you know, either courtside or, or in the stands. Um, what are your feelings when you, when you see that, into rea- that, that reaction? What, what, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's disheartening, you know, just the, the language that was used, first of all, was, was sad. And, you know, 90% of the time is always the liquid courage that gets, gets people going. And um, and I'm guessing, I, I don't know, I've never played in the pandemic, is that the fact that there's only 2,000 fans that you can hear everything that's said, whereas if you're playing in a full stadium, you know, courtside Karen, you can't really hear her voice. So uh, it's, it's disheartening to the fact by the language used, but you know, mm-hmm. like LeBron said, I guess they they you don't mind the interaction. Like people chirp, you can chirp, you can say I suck, whatever, you know. But as soon as you start throwing f bombs and calling people uh, out their name, that's when it crosses the line. So, what's the worst that a fan's ever told you? If you ever heard it, I know it's a little different in Montreal, and uh, <laughs> at Percival, but yeah, what's the worst the fans ever told you? You know what? In Winnipeg, I think uh, was it last year? Two years, obviously, two years ago. When after uh, I called the running back out for being banned for using steroids, uh, I got tackled pretty bad. I mean, nothing's ever like they can't really say anything too bad to me because I I'm a nine, ten time All Star. Like it's <laughs> nothing you can really say. That's gonna hurt my feelings, but um, you know they, they probably they they gave it to me a little bit. It was it lasted the whole game, but which I don't understand because I wasn't the one that got busted taking steroids. But uh, <laughs> that was about it. Most, um, I'm gonna so say this, like a got... lot of the fans in the CFL, or they talk trash, but it's 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 it's, it's lightweight. Yeah, I mean you stink, you suck. Oh, you're old, whatever. I, I can take that. Nobody's ever really crossed the line. These sound like the most Canadian insults ever. Like, hey, you're not yeah. very good. Or, hey, you're not tall enough. <laughs> you're short. You know, stuff like that. Um, so, John, the uh, the uh, Super Bowl's coming up. And you and I, we're both guys uh, in our, let's say, let's just be kind and say mid-30s. Um, when, you see, <laughs> when you see Tom Brady out there at 43 Playing at the level he's playing, um, what what what's your reaction to that? Uh, it's impressive, you know, just the the twenty years he's played professionally, and then the other ten, fifteen years he's played amateur. It's incredible, you know, to go out there and battle, and and people don't realize the the regiment and routine you got to put your body through uh, day in and day out just to get get out of bed and get active. So just to see his commitment to being great is, is definitely uh, hats off to him. Yeah, it's like being a podcaster. Like, they don't realize <laughs> the effort, you know, 
Terry and I, you know, we got to drink slightly less beer than we used to yeah. and, you know, eat a fraction healthier than we used to. So it's same thing, John, basically. Yeah, it's the same thing. Same. And I will make this, I will make this one point. I hate Tom Brady. I'm, I'm I'm born in New York. I'm a New York guy, and I hate everything. I still tie him into Boston and New England, so I hate everything Boston. But I will give him his uh, due for being just a phenomenal 43-year-old athlete. So Get this you... guy a show on Hot Sauce Sports. Uh, absolutely. Anti-Brady, Anti-Brady podcast, let's do it. I'm yeah, all it. for it. So you, so you grew up in New York. You're, you're a Giants fan or a Jets fan? I'm a, unfortunately, I'm a, I'm the other, I'm a, I'm the, the, the team that hasn't won anything since '67 or something like that. So I'm, I'm with the Jets. So, uh, so we, we were ripping on Adam Gase all season. I mean, I think that oh, I yeah. think we could, yeah, yeah, we could both agree that probably all three of us can agree he's probably the worst coach in the history of the Jets organization. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. I mean, listen, some he shouldn't even – he didn't deserve the job to begin with. Uh, you don't go from a losing record in Miami and being fired to being – to doing nothing and become a, a head coach again. Like, I don't even know where, where you can get fired from sucking and get another job in the same industry and suck some more. And, and it's just – it was bad. It, was a, it wasn't a good look. And just – Held no account of self accountability. Those are the worst kind of coaches. You know, oh, he went sure. there and he got rid of some older guys, not older, just veteran guys that that probably would have stood up to him a bit. And it it just it started off it started off wrong with the press conference and him following the fly with his eyes. Like that was a bad start. Who's the Who's the one coach in the CFL that you've had that basically embodies all the all the things that you just said a coach should have? All the gayness. All the gay, no, all the anti gayness. <laughs> oh, anti gayness. A good coach or a bad coach? Good coach, good coach. We don't want to call any coaches out. If you want to, go ahead, but that's up to you. I will. Well, probably somebody who's in the same tier as Adam Gates will be, uh, I guess, he, I think he's in Edmonton now, is Noel Thorpe. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he wasn't, he's one of those no accountability, self accountability, point all the blame take all the credit kind of guys. And uh, and the guy who I, who I owe all my achievements to, he's no longer coaching the CFL, is Mike Sinclair. Mm-hmm. You know, he taught me how to pass rush and look what to look for and all this kind of stuff. So We had, we had Davis, Davis, Davis Sanchez on last week, and he's, he's a great guy. First time we met him. Now, DBs are a little weird, right, compared to D-linemen? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, D linemen, they're the type of guys that like you go to a buffet with. The DBs are the type of guy that type of guys that won't pick up the bill, right? Is that's the way I see it? <laughs> you get you hit the, the, the nail on the head. Now I'm saying this because Marco converted to a DB, and Marco's probably the cheapest yeah, guy I know. He still had the quarterback in his heart, though. He, <laughs> he wasn't a DB. He wasn't a DB DB. Marco's the cheapest guy I know. So how many times did he bail on the bill? And <laughs> Marco, I, I don't know. I, I never considered him a DB because he, first of all, he's a slash. He was a quarterback. He played linebacker for us a couple games. He played yeah. So he was never really a, a true DB. And I didn't, I didn't meet Marco in his college days. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the cheap Marco is. 
but I met Marco. He was already making lawyer money and uh, and ex-wife money, I guess, and CFL money. So he he's taking a ball. We made sure he he paid his part. He was making ex-wife money. That's that's funny. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so John, um, you mentioned you're from New York. Uh, you, are you from New York City itself? Yeah, I'm, I'm born in Brooklyn. Okay, born in Brooklyn. So I have. I have a couple of questions for you, and, and they're, they're pretty important. They're pretty important. Uh, this is Super Bowl week, so we got to get this kind of coverage, you know. And we have we have a guy who played the game, so we need to get these important questions asked. The first one I got to ask: When you're looking for, uh, you know, a single slice of pizza, Montreal or New York City? New York. New York. All right, I'll actually give you that one. I'll agree with you because I think Montreal's, you know, dollar by, you know, pizza by the slice. I feel like it's fallen off. In the past, so I'll give you that one. There bagel. isn't any good pizza Montreal by the slice in Montreal. In Montreal. But before before I answer the bagel question, the the slice the pizza by the slice in Montreal they renamed them to New York Slice or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they they make you seem like hey, this is just like New York. So I'll give you New York for the slices. Yeah, there's uh, like that. I, I gotta give like you an easy one. The first one, John. I gotta give you an easy one. So yeah, that I gave you the pizza. <laughs> so bagels, bagels. Um, yeah, I, I'll say I'll say Montreal. Yeah, I all right. So. I'm, I'm a big Montreal bagel guy. I find I find the New York ones too doughy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. My boys now down we, in St. Peter's, they 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 make a great cinnamon raisin. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Mm. Yeah. See, that was gonna be my follow-up question of whether it's Vitor or Fairmont, but you just answered it, so we're good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a Fairmont guy. <laughs> Um, John, yeah, I like I like Fremont Bagel a little bit better than than Savior. Savior has got like the gimmicks in it, you know, like all the different like cinnamon raisins, great. But if you want like a pure, just a sesame bagel, I think Fremont's like your your go to. Mine is where wherever Eagles picking them up is my uh, <laughs> bagel place. Um, so John, John, uh, the last one is the last one about like the comparison is uh, pastrami, New York pastrami or Montreal smoked meat. Oh. Oh man, like I don't want to. I don't want nobody to get upset. I'm first of all, they're both delicious. I'm they are both delicious. So, so, so I like it. whatever, whatever you want to say. We're we're splitting hairs there, but I'll go with the uh, New York pastrami. Although what? I'll say that with reverence, the smoked meat is delicious. It's just different. That is true. That is true. Good call. Um, and your your pick for the Super Bowl. Well, I'm going to go Kansas City just because, you know, like I consider, although I, I like Bruce Arians and I like what he did diversifying his staff and whatever, I just consider Tom Brady a Patriot and I can't pull for anything New England, Boston. All right. So uh, that's cool. Thank you so much for your pick. John, before we let you go, can you tell us something quickly about the goal initiative? Oh, for sure. It's 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 a uh, it's an initiative started by uh, my guy, my guy Paul, and his buddies, uh, the Burgundy Lion Group, and they help raise funds for for underpoverished or underprivileged youth uh, in the Bur- Little Burgundy, or probably all throughout Montreal. And we hold events yearly. Uh, last year was kind of tough with with the pandemic, so we did a lot of virtual events. Uh, we try to raise funds, try to help kids get active, get motivated to uh, 
stay fit uh, through soccer, through I think this is a softball game, uh, virtual events. We hold uh, like at the soccer event, there's a pop up shops where they can get face painted, get haircuts, and stuff like that. But uh, great initiative started by those boys, and I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. Thank you so much for your time today, John. We had a great time. Honestly, the best part to me is the, the mug, crazy cat lady, and and the pillow. Like I said before, dogs have owners, or but cats have staff. Yeah, uh, I think you're the first person to pick up on those, on both of those. So that's pretty <laughs> awesome, man. The um, joining us, by the way, is John uh, Johnny Lorelli. He's joining us uh, after coming out with his song uh, relating to, of course, the curfew that is in our area. Montreal, uh, Quebec. The the song is cost is called Past Eight, a One Republic apology parody. Um, it's been fun, honestly. We've we've laughed at it uh, since it came out. Uh, it's gone kind of viral, so we're excited for you, uh, Johnny. Uh, thank you for joining us. This is kind of like the inverse of going to the opera, where the intermission is instead of people talking, you get music, whereas you would otherwise get the chance to talk after hearing music. Johnny, thank you for joining us. Uh, how's it going, man? <laughs> good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Honestly, I think just how many cats do you have? I saw four. That's exactly right. Four. Yeah, four. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I would like walk yeah. into an asthma attack. Oh, yeah. Really? yeah. <laughs> you just gotta build up that tolerance, man. That's I had it. one. It wasn't that bad, but you know. yeah. Um, so yeah, so like just you know, we'll fill people in on on the situation. Uh, you know, a few uh, weeks ago, uh, as part of our COVID lockdown measures. Uh, the government instituted a curfew, um, a measure that was met with a lot of criticism. Um, and Johnny, like a lot of us who are creative and locked up in spaces, felt the need to do something creatively and get all that energy out. And Johnny, you put together this, this great song. We've really been enjoying it. Tell us the story of how that came together. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh I mean, it was it was super random. Like honestly, like the curfew started, we didn't even think about it. Uh, it just happened one night, the first week of the curfew. Uh, I was having supper with my wife, and uh, I think we do it quite often. We use like the "it's too late" in many aspects of our life, I guess. Like, 
I don't know if it was like too late to 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 go to like Canada Post and Canada Post is closed. We'd just be like, ah, it's too late. I don't know <laughs> if we're the only ones that do that. Or too late to get pickles, you know. Exactly. exactly. Yes, Johnny, you are the only couple that does that. <laughs> Absolutely. Damn. All right. Well, uh, it works. I mean, it works <laughs> all the time. So. Yeah, so that came up. I think it was just like uh, missed the opportunity to go for like a walk during like my lunchtime hour, and uh, I think one of us said that it's too late, and then we just started riffing and like saying it's too late to do this, to do that, to uh, to buy a dog, and we found that hilarious. And then yeah, after- I found that, that was my funniest. <laughs> that's the funniest lyric in the entire song, in my opinion. I I laughed so hard the first time I heard it. It's is your, ridiculous. Is, is your wife is your wife musical as well, or is it, are you the music guy and she just the, is she's the creative one? Uh, no, she's not music. I'm I'm like uh, I'm the music guy, but uh, she helped tremendously with the lyrics, so that was pretty okay. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only a woman could come up with those lyrics. I think <laughs> a, yeah, a guy would come up with lyrics that would be like, oh, "I can't go to the bar," you know, like that stuff. Yeah. No, the, like we wouldn't even write a song because it's like we can't go out. There's playstation 5 so life's good <laughs> yeah that's exactly it honestly i'm an introvert i'm just like i'm good whatever <laughs> well that's the thing like my like you know we'll, we'll, we won't get into the whole politics of it all but uh when, when the curfew was announced i was like bars have been closed forever so my curfew has been five o'clock for months at this point because yeah. there's nothing to go do anyway so you know, yeah, pretty much. here or outside. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. Like, we just started doing that. I did the Timberland voice, like the mm-hmm. yeah. A, A, and I was like, A, eight, eight, eight. That's <laughs> hilarious. And then I was like, babe, we have to do this. Like, it's topical. Like, this is, we got to do this now. So, uh, so yeah, that night we finished supper and I'm like, let's go. We're writing lyrics. So we went in my studio and we started writing lyrics and we, yeah, we got them all done by the end of the night. I noticed that. So how's it been for you? Like now that you've, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's caught some fire and especially locally it's gone, it's gone viral and you've been uh, interviewed. I saw on CTV and so on. How's that been for you as a guy who's, you know, tried, you know, for, for his entire career to make money uh, and gain recognition in the arts? How have you found that experience? uh it's kind of ridiculous but at the same time it's pretty cool uh i mean i had a feeling we had something good you know uh when when you're laughing at like your own jokes and everything like uh it seemed like we had something good we made like our friends and family listen to it like a few select people they laughed they said it was awesome we should record the video so we did it um but yeah i mean it's it's been hilarious uh i've gotten pretty decent views on some of my videos but this is like by far the quickest ramp up yeah. um so yeah and, and you know like getting called by like ctv and global and uh being featured and on like sports. mcl blog sorry and hot sauce sports you know and hot sauce sports, yeah, yeah. exactly you're hot just moving sports. your way up Johnny. <laughs> global montreal mtl blog ctv hot sauce sports exactly creme de la creme man. yeah exactly so johnny um my favorite part of the video is you did a thing in the video, and I, I call this, this is like, you know, the three of us in this in this chat right now, we'll be honest, we're not the most sculpted bodies. You, you know, we got some chunk. Um, and the, the ultimate chunky guy trying to be a healthy snack is two tablespoons of peanut butter. I saw it. I instantly recognized it. I was like, that's my go-to. I never will do that. I'm trying to be healthy, and it's still delicious. 
Was that what was going through your mind, or were you just trying to be <laughs> trying to be healthy? <laughs> Probably not. I think it was just uh, it's like the the daily like snack, right? <laughs> you don't have time to like eat anything else, or you don't have anything else in the pantry. It's like all right, tablespoon of uh, peanut butter. See, have I've you never ever done tried the peanut butter. The peanut butter surprise. Do you even know? No. What it is? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, Peas, you want to fill them in? This is a oh, specialty so of yours. Peanut butter surprise was after a night of drinking back when bars existed. Um, back, you know, after a night of drinking, I'd come home and I say, you know what? I had I had this great night. How do I end it? I gotta give myself a special treat. I call it peanut butter surprise. What it is is, you get your peanut butter out, you get um, some chocolate chips, you dump the chocolate chips into the peanut butter, and then you fish them out with the spoon. The surprise is when you don't remember any of this the next morning and you find <laughs> chocolate chips in your peanut butter. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, more, I'm more of a scoop Nutella kind of guy. I see. I yeah. can't do Nutella because it'll kill me. Why, well, you're allergic to hazelnut? I am allergic to hazelnut. Well, then it sucks okay. to be you. Sucks it to does. Be you. It really does. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not a peanut butter guy. I can't like a peanut butter. I can only have it in like shakes. That's the only time. I, I'm obsessed with peanut butter, honestly. Same here. Love it. I have it with anything, I, anytime. I of day. get it, but it's not for me. I don't know. I just it's the, <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's the the consistency. I don't know what it is, but it's just it's really not for me. Actually, peanut butter pieces, on like a cheeseburger too. Delicious. Oh yeah, I've had that. It was like the I think the Elvis Graton was at uh, Belle Boeuf, and then they yeah, got, Belle Boeuf, yeah. Yeah, and then they just decided to take it off the menu. It was the best burger there, honestly. So it's peanut butter with bacon? There was yeah, bacon. There was even like, banana. What? Yeah, because you get like the extra salty banana. and the extra sweet. Yeah, there was. Yeah. It, it was, was really had... messy. Even <laughs> the mushroom did, one I, was very messy. At La Belle de la Beuf, I did the Chris Carzac. I did the whole thing. Oh, and uh, they have like a, like um, like dough on it. And it wasn't peanut butter, but it was so good to add to it with the sweet. It was unbelievable. True story. Do you know what my... On my Instagram, Terry, do you know that that's my first picture? That's the first picture I ever posted on Instagram was you eating that burger. No way. Yeah. We looked, my wife and I looked at it the other day. I was with you? Yeah, yeah. It was after our other podcast. Yeah, they didn't want to give me the take a picture because I left a couple like a, like a little piece of bread on the table, on the on the plate. So I took the pesmo, Pepto-Bismol and got the fuck out of there. Awesome. So, Johnny, what can you tell us about uh, <laughs> your career as a musician and, and what's on the horizon for you? My career as a musician, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I've been in and out of bands like since my teenage years. Uh, I haven't been in a band in a while, but I have like my home studio set up. I've been, uh, I've been basically studio engineering for 15 years. I don't do it full time. I have like my, my typical nine to five gig, but uh, I always do it like on the weekends, uh, whenever I want to be created, uh, creative by myself, work in the studio or work for other clients, mix engineer produce uh yeah just been doing it for a really long time uh the thing i've been enjoying really in the most recent years has been like the the pop to rock covers that i've been doing i have like a few on my youtube channel i'm looking uh, at them now yeah they're super fun to do like you just take a song you dissect it you, you rockify it and you, you know uh, i like collaborating with other people and, and getting that I yeah, can't wait to watch the duality covered by three Italian guys. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> we actually posted that like last week, I think. Yeah, it says a week ago. Yeah. So I mean, I, I really I'm gonna uh, I'm looking forward to that one. You're a slipknot fan? Yeah. I mean nice. I, as much as I can be, you know, like I wasn't a diehard, but I do enjoy them a lot. Yeah. Cool. I have Let enjoyed me know them. what you think. <laughs> I will, I will, I will. So if so we're Johnny, looking for a new jingle or for segments or whatever it is, uh, are you available for hire to produce anything for us? <laughs> 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> or anyone else for that matter. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Fucking Where nice. can people find you? Like, if I decide to uh, dust off my old Telecaster, how can I? How can I get your services? Uh, how can you get my services? I mean, you can find me basically anywhere. Johnny Lorelli on Facebook. Johnny Lorelli. Just Google me. I guess you'll find me. Message me on Facebook. Uh, there's my Instagram. It's the number two tokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how quickly there. fame has gotten to your head, Johnny. <laughs> your answer of how can we reach you with just Google me. <laughs> you're like you're like you're like a receiver in college and and and, and stuff like that. Google me. I used to have or like, like sound engineer page, but nah, that's fine. Whenever whenever Johnny goes, like whenever restaurants do open, you know, the waiter will come by, drop the bill, Johnny will look up, you're like, come on, Google me. <laughs> no need no need for this. Still waiting no for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Johnny, uh, we got the big game coming this weekend. And much like a business lunch where we have to pretend that we did some business, um, we got to pretend that this is a sports interview. What's your pick for this weekend? The Kansas City Chiefs or the Tampa Bay Bucks? I don't even, I don't watch. <laughs> okay. You need a pick anyway. It doesn't matter. So, you know, um, Bucks, sure. There we go. Tampa Bay Bucks. You heard it here first. Johnny Lorelli's official pick. Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. We've had a great time. Uh, do check him out. Johnny Lorelli is the YouTube page. Uh, at Two Tokes on Instagram. Uh, do hit up the song. I, I, I must have hit it up three or four times today as we're preparing for the interview. Uh, it's been a great time. Johnny, thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Johnny. Appreciate it, buddy. Talk to you soon. And we're back. The third guest on our uh, big Super Bowl extravaganza. We talked to um, a guy, Terry and I, you, you and I are familiar with him, of course. He's up and coming, so we hope definitely to see the next uh, steps in his career progress. Uh, it is Tommy Rojadi Trajados. Uh, we know you, of course, from our involvement from flag football, but uh, you're here to talk to us about uh, your play at Sherbrooke um, in, in you know, university football. And I'm curious uh, about a few things, but mostly I saw we, you have a GoFundMe out right now. Yep, yep. Uh, GoFundMe is going pretty well. You know, I had a lot of uh, family members, friends, uh, business partners from like at the University of Sherbrooke really helping out. So, you know, we're really... I'm almost halfway there right now. So, you know, it's going very well in three days. So happy of how it goes. So what's the GoFundMe for? Is you, you're going to a camp over there. You're going to do like your pro day and stuff. Is that it? You're going down to the States to get it recognized? Yeah, basically, because uh, everything's closed down right here, uh, you know, in Quebec, Canada. Like there's no really gyms. Like you could see that this is a gym where I work out every day. Like it's my parents' place. Um, what I want to do is go down six weeks to the States. I don't know the the place yet exactly. There's Ohio, Florida, whatever. Uh, it's six weeks of training. Uh, I'm fed. Uh, I have a hotel room or a dorm, and they train me. There's massage therapists, a bunch of things. So six weeks. And at the end of six weeks, which probably would end of March, uh, I'll have my pro day. And because what advantages me in the States is most – there's some, like – non-official NFL scouts that could be there and then they could time me and all that stuff. So, uh, and at the same time, they'll film my pro day. Now here in Canada, we can't have a pro day because everything's closed down. So it's going to be tough. Uh, so this is potentially here. to get either just recognized and to get it or, or to get into the combine, right? The NFL combine. Uh, the NFL combine necessarily because it's canceled. There's a lot, it's a lot of virtual. Yeah. Uh, what I heard is they're going to have interviews, but no like uh, testings and all that stuff. 
even oh, like okay, the guys okay. from the top schools have to have their pro days and uh, send it out. But at the same time, their pro days, it, you know, they NFL teams could be there. So it's a, uh, you know, it's advantages for them. So Tommy, um, given that everything happened, obviously, you know, COVID-19, something we've all been talking about, we're familiar with the words quarantine and lockdown in a way we never thought we would in our lives. Um, but given everything that's happened and, and given that the end of the season was canceled for youth sports and, and is canceled uh, for the moment anyway, uh, how has that impacted you and other athletes in your situation? Uh, personally, like it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's terrible to not have a season, especially my fourth, my fourth year, uh, mm -hmm. going into my draft year. It's that, you know, I'm kind of an underdog. So mm -hmm. I needed that fourth season to like really dominate and prove to everyone that I belong in the league. Uh, so it made it tough on me. It made it tough on all the rest of the teams. And I know all the other athletes, it's training, you know, our passion. It's, uh, some of us like myself, it motivates me to go to school and stuff like that. So. It's a, it's like a roller coaster of like emotions. A lot of people like go into depression and stuff like that, and it sucks. But like, really, you know, staying together as athletes, especially the football team, we're a lot. So you know, we have our our team meetings and stuff like that, so we could stay in touch and make sure everybody everybody's doing well. So that's a that's how we manage it. I think uh, you know, physically and uh, and mentally. So how did you get? So you got this invite though to this pro day. So how did you get the invite? Uh, well, basically, when I went down to the Tropical Bowl, uh, there was What's like that? this. It was uh, it's basically the bowl uh, down in uh, Florida, Orlando. Uh, top guys from Division One, Two, Three, HBCUs, and AIA, JUCOs, and a couple of Canadians. So there's myself, a guy from UDM, uh, Ottawa, and uh, Manitoba. There were oh, four nice. Canadians. There was a couple more invited that didn't come. Uh, and it's it was two days of practice uh, and a game on Sunday. And 20, I think there's 24 or 26 NFL scouts that were there, plus a couple of CFL scouts that were also there. Uh, you yeah. know, they're just there to check out, you know, top guys of every school and stuff like that. So, you know, it's like the Reese's Senior Bowl, but it was on a smaller scale, I'd say. And that's then, cool. so, so because they recognize you there, it's kind of like they throw you an invite and you're now. Well, that's it. There's a couple program. of, there's a, there's like a an unofficial combine that was a that's happening in Indianapolis. It's like for smaller school guys. Yeah. They invited me, and it basically gave me the idea to go train down in the states and take really advantage of the opportunity. Like when I was in Orlando, I had two teams talk to me. So there was a on the CFL side there was Calgary, and the NFL like uh, the Colts reached out to me by email. You know, really like uh, small talk kind of thing, fill up a form. Uh, but it opened up some doors and allowed me to see that, like, you know, I want to be able to try to shoot my shot for the NFL. Absolutely. And so I think a pro day in the States will really advantage me, uh, uh, you know, for my career. And also, like, training with Americans really influences uh, the CFL to, like, think, okay, this guy's serious and all that stuff. Absolutely. How does it work from, like, when they try and teach you stuff? Do they, like, throw a playbook at you, say you have six hours to learn it and then get on the field and execute? Or... Uh, <laughs> Well, basically, us, we were lucky enough. Uh, our coach was well-organized. Uh, he sent us the playbook, like, two days before we came down. So I was able to check it out. It's like, you know, they don't go into deep, like, complicated plays. Keep it simple. Cover one, cover three, cover two, maybe some cover four here and there. Uh, a couple of blitzes. Um, but what happened is the coaching staff had to change throughout the, the process of, like, the week. So 
we kept it at one play. Like our defense played cover one the whole game. So oh, it, was, nice. it was really, really simple. It allowed us to like play fast and physical. So yeah, yeah and that was it. And that's more your game too, fast and physical, right? Yeah, exactly. Playing fast, physical, uh, you know, really going into like, uh, I like pl playing some complicated stuff because advantages me because I feel like I'm an, a good, I, good football IQ, but at the same time is like, you're sure not to make a mistake. So, you, you, you're not scared. And so especially in front of C NFL and CFL scouts, you kind of become hesitant and stressed out. That well, like calmed everybody down. I don't know, Tommy, because I don't like football. I caught a touchdown. You were right in front of me. So I'm just saying maybe I can be <laughs> the NFL. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you that one. You that one. <laughs> I'm just saying. I remember this four years ago where you're like, that never happened. <laughs> Tommy, um, I, have a, I have a quick question. We had John Bowman on the show earlier from the – Alouettes, um, yeah. and Terry alleged that the linemen are awesome yeah. and DBs are cheap. So how <laughs> likely is it that Tommy Rohadli Trajados does not pick up the tag? Uh, I think that it's kind of, you know, I think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think it's true, man. <laughs> Where we always try to get away with some stuff, so, you know, why yeah, not DBs are fucking sneaky, man. You guys are all, like, so, all the same. They're all sneaky. We like pulling the jerseys, you yeah, know, all that. Uh, jamming at the line when you're not allowed. Yeah, like you that. you hang out back there. You're just chilling until all the mess is done, and then you try to pick up the shit. Like that's I know hey, where you guys exactly. were. Exactly. Yeah, we're scavengers, man. Yeah, that's it. Especially safety. <laughs> Basically, if you're like you're if you're an NFL scout, you hear Tommy Rodley Trados is is cheap. And you're like that guy's got to be good safety. It has to be good. Safety. <laughs> Exactly. It's like saying, you know, coaches like, oh, you're cheating. Well, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So yeah, there you, you go. Gotta... Yeah. That's why you're going to make it, Tommy. And we hope you do. I appreciate yeah, so it. Where, where can people find your GoFundMe? Uh, basically on my Facebook. Uh, I posted it on my Instagram. It's going to be in my Instagram. Uh, it's basically one of my IGTVs. It's my only IGTV. So basically that when you click on it, the link is in my bio. Uh, and yeah, that's it. You could go on GoFundMe and like research uh, my thing, but that's a bit more complicated. But uh, Facebook page, Tom Roldi Trojatos, and uh, you could find it uh, basically on my uh, on my feed. Well, we'll clip we'll clip this interview for sure, uh, and we'll put it out all over our social and on our website as well. Uh, thank you, Tommy, for giving us your time. But before we let you go, uh, big games this weekend. We need to know your pick: Chiefs or Bucks. I'm going Bucks. I, I'm not betting against Tom, and I think uh, I think the defense is solid. I think we'll be able to to calm down the Chiefs a bit and uh, get that the seventh win for Tom Brady. All right, there we go. Uh, Tom Rolly Trojados, thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Hope hopefully next time it's in the in the NFL uniform. Hey, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll see. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you want to be part of your draft night party? Support. How's that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. Well, turn that fly to wherever it is. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, we'll we'll go anywhere, man. <laughs> I'll get you guys front row seats and y'all be able to come after awesome. the game and, you know, chill at the condo or whatever. You're yeah. going to pick up the right. bill or we got to cover our own flights? No, nah, no, nah, I got it. I got it. Well, if uh, I'm making bank like that, so I, I'll take care of you guys. <laughs> uh, see, you're not cheap. You're not going to make it now. See, you got to be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tommy. Have a good day. Thank you. Have a good day, guys. And we're back. Oh, my God. That's a lot of interviews this week. That is. I'm exhausted. Good stuff. All right, we're on our last topic here, boys. We're going to go into rapid-fire topics. We're going to start with our first one, uh, which we're going to call I Am So Smart, I Am So Smart, SMRT. Uh, Nick Sirianni was announced as the new head Simpsons, coach right. of the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is a clip from his opening press conference. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team. 
that we have a smart football team here. And I know we have the, the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're going we're gonna to know, we're going to have systems in place that are easier to learn. All right, complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn. Because when we can put that, because we, when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Less thinking equals talent take over, but we need to have systems in place and we will have systems in place to do so. Next thing that's very important. So, okay. So how quickly can you get fired from your job? At the press conference. I remind At you of Adam Gase's press conference with the wide eyes. Yeah. That's how quick. That's what If I was the GM, I would have walked in like, all right, let's, I guess. Woo, with the, at the airport, you know, like backed up, like backed up. Like one of those, all right, it's over, guys. Sirianni, you're going home. We're doing the whole process all over again. The what irony the f- was that. The irony to me is the part where he says, the, uh, the thing with being smart is you need to know what to do. In a press conference, you clearly didn't prepare for and didn't know what to do. I think uh, I think he stumbled on his first sentence. Eric Bieniemy doesn't interview well. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Next makes no sense. Rodney ain't get no respect. Uh, Golden State star Draymond Green had the following remarks after Rodney Magruder came to the defense of teammate Wayne Ellington. Draymond, what happened at the end there with Magruder? I don't know. I was in the locker room. Uh... But uh, apparently he was um, taking up for Wayne Ellington. When the fuck Roddy Magruder become the tough guy of the team? Like, I don't know, man. Everybody in the league tough these days. It's crazy. I've seen a lot of tough guys this year. I don't understand it. And and, and don't nobody do anything. So, like, if you really wanted to do something, you could have done it. Walk over there talking shit like he's a team tough guy. Get <laughs> the hell out of here. Fucking tough guy, Rodney. Rodney. Fucking Rodney. tough guy. Also, I'm rocking with Juan T. Juan T was about to bring that town, that town bit, bitness shit out on him. What's he reading? And uh, yeah, I'm rocking with Juan T on that one anyway. But who's Juan T? Also, I think it was something that, like, that Juan said in the first or second quarter to Wayne Ellington. You ain't got nothing better to do that you still thinking about something from the first or second quarter when you weren't in the game. So, apparently, um, Fuck, I can't Wayne stand Ellington must have went over to the bench. I guess he went and told um, Rodney McGruder because he hadn't been in the game. Yeah. I don't know. I love what Clay Thompson said. In this these yeah, Clay, well, Clay Thompson said as he was, because Clay Thompson's not playing, yeah. but he, he gets in the booth now and again and, like, does some commentating. And as a as a broadcaster of that game said, well, Wayne Ellington won't be in the No, not Wayne Ellington. Sorry, uh, yeah. Buddy Recruiter won't be in the, in the league for long, so... Um, you know, I hear this, and I think it's a lot that is just Buddy Recruiter's name. Like, it feels like that's under where you buy at Costco, right? Like, I bought, you know, a Six-pack of Rodney Regruder. It's a little too tight, but whatever. It does the job. <laughs> Dad underwear and socks. How many Rodney Regruders do you have on? I got to put uh, two on. I, I, double up, I, double, I double up my Rodney Regruders. It's like your mom gets you Rodney Regruder underwear for Christmas, you know? So what's more disrespectful when he just says Rodney or Rodney. when he says you weren't even in the game? <laughs> <laughs> I think the fact that he's making fun of his name, the fact that he can associate his name with not being a tough guy, that's the worst part. Because yeah, you never see a Rodney who looks tough. I'm sorry, like... 
I, I instantly get Rodney Dangerfield and I yeah. guess Rodney McGruder. Next, riding shotgun. Uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers admits that it was him riding in the back of a truck in this viral video coming from Green Bay. Jeez, oh, Louise, is that Aaron Rodgers? He's got a case of beer. Oh, nope, that's Bud Light. He's got a case of water. Aaron, keep her moving. <laughs> and watch out for deer. And f*** the bears. Jeez. So I never saw, I never heard the audio. I just saw that. That's hilarious. No, it's Bud Light. He's got water. He's got a case of water. It's so true because Bud Light is water. But I think it's I have a take. I have a take. So I think based on this video and, and, and what I've thought for a while is I think beer sponsors uh, should not be allowed for football because you're not you're not doing a good job of selling beer. Obviously, that's what Aaron Rodgers drinks because he's an athlete. He can't yeah, be drinking yeah. the good stuff, the, the highly alcoholic, really strong stuff. So uh, I have a, if you see if you see him carrying a Bud Light, you know that. That's pro football. That, that, that's mineral water for, for football players. Ultimate football guy right there. That's like, it reminds, that's like a scene. That's like a scene out of like varsity blues with Billy Bob is driving the truck and John Moxon and Lance Harbor on the pickup in the back with tweeter. Like that's, that's, that, that's what it reminds me of. It makes it, it makes it hard to hate him though. Right. At that point, after that scene where he's showing the Bud Light, he's like, Hey guys, you know, like I'm here. It's also in Arizona, it's legal to sit in the flatbed. So it might be legal in Wisconsin too. And last one for today, because I don't want to get fined. Uh, FedEx fucked up. No cap. The FedEx department that was supposed to ship a bunch of sticks to the Washington Capitals accidentally shipped it to a random guy's house. And so this guy, Ariel Ben Abraham, got $5,000 worth of the Dano Chara sticks sent to his house. I love it. I love it. So, first of all, unusable unless you cut them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you have two sticks at that point. So, like, I guess that's that's the thing where, like, you you tag Washington because there's no way you can set up a secondary market. Like, no, there's not that that many six foot nine people on Facebook Marketplace. So you got to contact the team and be like, "I got your sticks." And they're not I actually signed, learned so. Chara has an exception in the rule book. His sticks can only be a certain length, and his goes over that. He actually had to get formal permission to have sticks that are too long, according to the rule book. Yeah, it's true. Well, because no one else, like, whenever they wrote that rule, nobody was six foot nine. That's just nonsense. He's the tallest guy in the history of the NHL, and below him was Derek Bugard at six foot eight. So, and Derek Bugard wasn't really playing much defense. He was just dropping his gloves all the time. Chara sticks out by a whole inch. A whole inch. That's what she said. And that's it for this week, boys. But before we wrap up, we need your Super Bowl predictions. All right, I'm going to go KC covering the spread. I think they're going to win by four. Uh, I'm going Tyree Kill with the MVP. Uh, I'm seeing. I'm looking at a, a punt return touchdown from Tyree Kill also. So I think that I'm going to MVP Tyree Kill, and uh, they'll they'll win 31 to 27. That's the score. I um, I'm going to say something that I'm going to regret because I'm going to be easy to laugh at. The Chiefs are going to win, and this is not going to be a game. Um, by the third quarter, it's okay if you're already mega drunk because the game will be over. The Chiefs win by a lot. Ego, what do you think? I'm, I, part of me wants Brady to get number seven, but the other part of me wants him to retire in disgrace. So I also want to blow out on the KC side. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be t- tighter than a blowout, but not as tight as the odds are saying. So maybe a score plus a little. Let's say 10 points. Like razor thin, like seven points. Yeah, razor thin, seven points. <laughs> so... Thanks to all all the people who interrupted our show. Uh, thank you to Tommy Rolly Trados, 
John Bowman and Johnny Loretti of join, and they joined the show uh, today. Talked to us about a whole bunch of stuff. It's been great to really just kick back, let the guests carry the heavy work for us. Really Super Bowl roll kind of stuff from you, you two boys here. Terry, thank you for everything you've done. Remember to uh, like and to subscribe to everything we do on all of our platforms. And thank you for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. We don't need to. Love the double final.